0: In a world of art and entertainment, we often seek deeper meaning and overanalyze the presentation. Director Paul Verhoeven often uses B-movie genre as a vehicle for complex human emotions, social satire, and shocking sex and violence. Is this genius subtext for the artist's intent, or our own imagination looking for cosmic connection where none were intended? We call call this this dilemma dilemma. The The Verhoeven Effect.
1: effect podcast we are watching network television because me and nathan don't watch network television we are currently watching what first aired in 2013 season one of the blacklist we're also watching season two of the mentalist which first aired in 2009 and season two of my advice which first aired in 1985 as always we start with the blacklist season one episode 16 Mako Tanita, number 83. Yeah. Which I wonder if we keep track of the numbers, if they mean anything.
0: (laughs) You know what? I never thought of that, but...
1: (laughs) I'm not going to. Yeah. Because once you go to that road, you're going to find way too much (laughs) you need to know. Uh, Original air date, March 17, 2014, NBC Monday. Tom struggles to keep his secret safe. Wrestler goes after the man who's taking down his old team one by one, Mako Tanita showrunner john bokenkamp written by a ton of people.
0: 15 people
1: <laughs> we got written by john eisendra actually this is teleplay by so there's a difference in television so we have a joe corner story by yep so if you come up with the story and you write the screenplay you get a written by credit if someone else comes up the story then you write the screenplay you get a telebot teleplay credit
0: Okay. Okay. I learned something today. <laughs> all right. So
1: it's written by
0: John Eisendrath,
1: and John Bokenkamp, and Patrick Fassett and John Zinnman. They just put everybody on this episode. Yep. Directed by Wm Watkins. I think this episode is all right, but the amount of writers tells me like this this episode is stuffed with too much
0: stuff. Yes, and it was. <laughs> it was. Some of it was pretty good. Yeah, it's just. But it <laughs> changed much. direction. It's like the ship was just going from one direction to another. But yeah, because it started out like strong when this guy makes an FBI agent in Japan like commit <laughs> ritual suicide with a short sword.
1: We start when there's a prison break at. Uh... Abashiri prison in Hokkaido, Japan. And I looked it up. It's a real prison. Some interesting stuff I found out about it is there's this guy, his name's Yoshi Shiratori, and he's famous for breaking out of prisons in Japan. He broke out of four of them. He broke out of this one too. They put him in handcuffs and he was being unruly and he could just break the handcuffs just for sheer force. Yeah. So they put extra special handcuffs on him that like only like a machinist or something could open up. And he would only show up like once a week so they could like let him out.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: They'd feed him miso soup and he would, and there's a food slot on the cell. He would pour some miso soup on that. He'd also pour some miso soup into the cuffs. So over time, he's able to break the cuffs. Some of this might be more lore than reality, but this is the lore. <laughs> he's able to break the cuffs and he's able to dislocate both his shoulders and fit through the food slot in the door oh, and escape. Wow. Looks <laughs> like
0: something you'd see in like one of those japanese horror movies where yeah. someone's just pouring through a hole in the wall that's way too small for a human being to fit through and weirdly enough this guy also
1: stealing tomatoes from a farm and the guy like the farmer came up and like tried to attack him and he ended up killing that guy so then he was on the run and like he ended up kind of a cop getting this is like in 1943 so this is like post-war II, <laughs> or this, yeah this is after this. he broke out in 1943 so this what i'm talking about is like even further on And this cop gave him a cigarette, which I guess was, like, really valuable at the time. And he kind of broke down to the cop and told him who he was. And so they took him in. And he was, like, facing the death penalty for killing the farmer. But then they kind of determined, like, when this guy escaped places, he never harmed any guards or anything. So this guy, so they kind of, I don't know, it seems like injustice for the farmer. But they said that that was self-defense how he killed the farmer. And so... He got put in prison again, and then served his time, and then got out. lived the rest of his life. Uh, he had a daughter and a wife too. So. Oh, okay. Well, good. Interesting guy. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That was. I, so yeah, I was just like, one of those like, is this a real place? Like, so that was the interesting thing. So
0: Japanese uh, legal system, even though this episode only has very, very little to do with it, is very interesting how yeah. they do things because the, how they do things now is sort of based on how we do things, but it's. It's got its Japanese style because they still have executions there like all the time. And oh okay. When they execute people, it's they treat them with great and it's execution by hanging. But they treat them but it's mechanical hanging. So it's like not you're you're not standing there being strangled to death. It's like drop, break the neck type hanging which is how we do it too, when we do it here. But yeah, they they, like very, they treat the guy really nice before they kill him. <laughs> like it's, it's very, and some of the guards are crying and they're upset about it, because they were interviewing him and ask him, like cause they didn't show the actual execution, but they showed all the people around it. And the guy was like, "You seem very upset, and he goes, "Yeah, this is terrible to do to another human being, but it is also necessary." It's just we have to take the burden of doing this. And it's like, oh wow, that's a, that's a whole <laughs> different style. Cause here it's like dead man walking, you know. <laughs> and it's just walk him in and hook him up and <laughs> good night. <laughs> but um yeah, there they kind of view it. it's like, Yes, he's done horrible things, but this is also the end of his life. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna light a little buddhist thing
1: they're not not just carrying out a sentence they're commit. they're they're fulfilling a ritual (laughs) yes it's
0: very ritualistic because they stand there and they do the weird you ever seen the guys that salute like this like they do the real high salute when they're looking up. yeah they do that when they hang the guy it's 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 very strange it's but it's you know it's like oh okay i get it it's like it's a horrible thing to have to just walk someone into some place and kill them but they kind of like yep this is what has to happen but it's terrible um and but this is our job and this is what we do and we're gonna you know we're gonna wear white gloves and we're gonna do it with dignity and all that we're and i'm sure the guys here are serious about it too but some of the stuff that's gone on here seems a little like a little fast and loose (laughs) especially stuff that went on like in the 20s 30s and 40s and it's like yeah let's see how this electric chair works you know like it might work (laughs) it you know this is the most humane thing we can do (laughs) yeah i guess i mean it's Anyway, back to
1: yeah, we have yeah we have the titular Mako uh, Tenida escaping. It's a, it's in northern Japan, which I'm not sure like how seasonal Japan is, but at least here it's it's got snow all over the place. I'm not even sure. I uh, the they're in the same
0: climate area. zone we are. Okay, so yeah, the further north you get, you just same kind of weather we have. Okay, I just like I don't I don't think I've seen any
1: or many pictures of like a snowy Japan. I'm pretty sure it happens. I just never seen it. It's
0: mainly in the north. That's why hardly anyone okay. lives there. Because <laughs> the guys I talk to on the internet that are from Japan, one of them, he's like a mechanic on a he like fixes fishing boats, and he's in northern Japan. He's like, yeah, no one wants to live here because they say it's too cold, because <laughs> uh, and it snows and stuff. And it's like, yeah. This, and I was like, yeah, it snows in Michigan. And then he pointed out, he's like, yeah, you're at the same parallel I am. Oh, okay. around the globe is like oh okay yeah that makes sense it's not very populated up there as a matter of fact those are the places where they show the cities where like nobody lives anymore because all the old people died and just no one had any kids and that's in northern japan and a lot and we got a lot of military stuff up there too our stuff like yeah. air force bases and all that
1: yeah uh, they got guards and dogs out uh looking for the, the guy but but they don't catch him then we're at some fbi agent's house in japan yeah who also can't pay his bills yeah which I, I sort of looked it up. I was like, do we have FBI agents in Japan? Because his family's there. So I was like, that's kind of weird. And like, so we do have at the U.S. Embassy, there is like an FBI contingent there.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I don't know what this is. They just have a guy living in Japan who's an FBI agent who can't pay his bills.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seemed kind of odd. It's like, oh, is this guy like an Interpol task force or something? But yeah, <laughs> it didn't matter. It's just the story. So Because he was wearing uh, like the classic blue jacket that said fbi on the back of it yeah. like it's like hmm, okay maybe why not
1: he like kisses his family goodnight, stares at the bill and then like the escapee puts the, the sword to him and they take him outside this is agent ramo or rimo i can't remember i can't remember that's I, I wrote it how it's spelled but i don't know how to say it. i guess they'll just say ramo
0: yeah they were saying um, ramo in the show as i remember
1: okay and he was on like red's he was on red's task force that wrestler was on Tanita wants him to commit seppuku in exchange for his family's life, and so, yeah, so he shoves the he shoves the knife in his gut and falls over.
0: <laughs> yeah, because because uh, the Tanita's like, well, you either do this, or and you die, or I you don't do this, and I shoot you, and then I shoot your family. It was kind of like that's why he did it, because at first he threw him the sword, and he's like, "Are you out of your mind? I'm not <laughs> doing that." But it's like, okay, so that makes that immediately. Makes uh, Tanita seem like a scary guy, like someone who's yeah. willing to just, yeah, just disembowel yourself with a sword and maybe I won't kill your family type. Oh, it's like, that's just, and you're going to watch that because that's not a quick death either. That's no. like, that's like disembowelment.
1: And I believe Tanita is played by Hoon Lee, who I think will know him. He is like the, and remember Banshee? Yes. He's like the transgendered bartender or whatever. Oh, really? Or transvestite barb- bartender.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty un-
1: unrecognizable. Pretty different characters here. Because so. <laughs> in that and Banshee, he's very American. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not
0: Asian at all. Just he looks Asian, but it's... yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Weird.
1: Uh, so then we cut to. I think yeah. We go to credits. We come back. Jolene, Tom, and Liz are like at at the at like the breakfast table or whatever. And it's all this, like, Jolene's really trying to make things uncomfortable for Tom because she's, like, speaking double entendres, but, like, Liz doesn't know what's going
0: on, but he does. <laughs> yeah, she's speaking elliptically about things she knows, and he also, she also calls him by this wrong name. What's? She's like, uh, yeah, you teach this, you're, like, Tim or something, right? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, Tom, but yeah. And then we cut to wrestlers at Agent Ramos' is it a
1: funeral or a wake or an after-funeral
0: Something thing? Like, like that, you know,
1: yeah. He sees his old team. Was co- well, because he committed suicide, of course, his death is being ruled as a suicide.
0: Yeah, no one's, like, looking into that. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he just, like, ritually disemboweled himself. Like, yeah. For an Italian guy and a New York FBI agent, that's a little he really got into the Japan thing, huh? You know, no one's no one's like second guessing that.
1: Of course the crew they're like, no, this is like, no, something done. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the cl- crew blame Red. And we come to Red and he's at some ballet recital handing money off to a dancer for mysterious reasons. I mean we find out later on, but it seemed more like, Oh, is this one of those the yeah, like know. Red has a housewife that deals drugs and that stuff. <laughs> yeah was, Is this uh, one of those?
0: <laughs> yeah. Was, is he a patron of the arts in some weird way? and But they do like drug deals in the background
1: or something. But, yeah. Uh, but then Wrestler meets with Red. I wrote down the dialogue that, that Red said because it's not always like, you know. Fun red dialogues where he just makes everything a bit more interesting. Than what would be a pretty standard scene? This is like, I came to see you, Donald, and it wasn't to revisit all the times I eluded your little coterie of door kickers who pursued me with such
0: fervor and zeal. <laughs> yeah, you love the redisms.
1: <laughs> and then this year, Red tells Wrestler about Tanita and he's hunting Wrestler's old crew. So and then we have Tanita kills McGuire. By like, I don't know, like cutting his head off and throwing him off a bridge or something. Or yeah,
0: something weird. he's just laying in the snow and covered in blood. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then wrestler goes to hide Audrey and then Jolly and Tom meet at like his tactical warehouse. <laughs> so now it's full. Now it was still kind of like, all right, we don't know what he's doing. He hasn't necessarily admitted to anything. Now it's full on. He's just some agent for somebody. <laughs> yeah. He's got his old like guns everywhere. a Muscle car just in a warehouse somewhere.
0: Yeah, and Lance Reddick is following them and taking pictures.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys on the ta- on their day. Ta-
0: they also talk
1: of like getting word to Berlin because they said like he went dark, so that's why she's there. So somehow Germany's involved, or at least some station, <laughs> some something stationed out of Berlin is going on here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm, that kind of goes. I, I have heard that term only. Like that's a big Cold War thing. Because yeah. Berlin Station was kind of like the KGB's entree into Europe, and a lot of operations got run out of Berlin because at that time it was a divided city. Um, yeah. So they refer to it here. It's like, oh, is this still the Russians or what is this? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it just sounds cool.
1: Wrestler gets attacked on the road when he's trying to bring Audrey to his like his off the grid place. Does Audrey get shot twice or just once here? I think she gets <laughs> There's a part.
0: She gets. She smashes her head into the windshield, or into the driver's passenger side yeah, window. Yeah, but it
1: looks like blood sprays up into the window. Yeah, it looks I like don't... she
0: really hit her head. Because <laughs> she was walking around, so I assumed she didn't get shot in the head. Okay. Because I thought at first, it's was like, oh, she gets shot in the head? Like, why is there this corona of blood on that w- uh, passenger <laughs> window? But it turns out she's banged her head, I'm guessing. Okay, okay.
1: She had high blood pressure. She banged her head. Yeah,
0: just like yeah, just arterial spray. <laughs>
1: yeah, wrestler like his car gets knocked on the road, so the 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 car that's chasing him stops, and he like runs up and kills like pretty much all the guys except for one. Yeah, and but then then he's wrestling with one guy, and then Aubrey gets shot, and I wrote again question mark, and then also wrote Aubrey dies question mark because he's holding her. He's like, come on, hold on, Aubrey, and like I don't, but then yeah, she dies. Yeah, <laughs> which
0: is like this is the woman he like broke up her marriage just by you know because he was in the hospital and remember he was the emergency she was the emergency contact that he never changed yeah so so like oh he was just rekindling something from like a couple episodes again and like oh now she's dead which is like like, it set a very dark tone all of a sudden like oh wow okay
1: yeah well also i felt like you needed to do this like a bit you need a bit more episodes for this to pay off because like because in this episode i feel like no guys we really need to pay this off so they, they throw a lot of stuff in here it's like you want to know how sad this is this is how sad this is
0: yep we're just checking names off the list
1: <laughs> so like they you know they didn't really have the they didn't really have audrey enough episodes for this to be like earned the cut of but they they throw enough in here it's like no it's sad you understand yeah. Uh, R- Wrestler meets with Red again. Wrestler wants revenge, of course. Red gives him a location of some underground hospital, and then Wrestler and Bobby check it out.
0: Well, let's remember and, that Red also gives a speech about revenge. Yeah. Before he reluctantly gives the information, he's like, "Yeah, you're not. You don't really want to do this because it. What? the pain like, never goes away. Like. Well, I thought about the weird thing here is he said like, you know, it's, yeah, it's going to change you to
1: murder a man in cold blood, which you know wrestler killed several people i think so far and he wouldn't be killing this guy in cold blood it'd be in hot blood
0: yeah this isn't like i just <laughs> need to kill this guy different. because i'm a time traveler and he will commit crimes in the future <laughs> it's like no he's already horribly murdered You know, and these are the people we know of
1: but bobby seems reluctant to go on it so like i wrote down i, I wonder if that means he's on tanita's side because he's reluctant he ends up kind of being, oh, it's weird.
0: It's strange. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then Wrestler, they go to that place and Wrestler finds a guy that ran away and just shoots him in the leg to get info. <laughs>
0: yeah, I and mean, he's not screwing around because, yeah, it's a <laughs> secret <laughs> hospital in a residential suburb of Virginia or something. <laughs> and they're like doing hospitals, like they're treating this guy for all the other bullets that Wrestler put into him earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. so what's one more?
0: Yeah, and he's like, so where is he? Oh, I can't give you up. He'll kill me. He shoots him in the knee. <laughs> And he's like, shut up, shut up, stop screaming. Okay, now are you going to tell me? You know, it's, and, all, and there's like a bunch of people in the basement like, wait, whoa. <laughs> uh.
1: But you would say like the uh, re-
0: wrestlers going off
1: the grid, but his whole job working for the post office is off the grid anyway. So. Yeah, he's just
0: like, yeah, it's kind of weird because when you look in that, co- like you think like, oh, this isn't a normal like FBI guy. This is like FBI counterintelligence type people. This is like the guys in the Americans, you know, like that was FBI counterintelligence. And they just straight up killed people all the time in that story. And there wasn't like they were going to court about it or anything. It's like, no, this is just this is a shadowy world. So it's not like he's he was like, you know, the like the FBI guys on TV in the fifties where we always do the right thing. He was never that guy. (laughs) So even though this is like, yeah, Tom's a little out of control, it's like, yeah, as compared to what? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is some weird off the books agency where like the deputy attorney generals get killed and stuff, and it's like, huh, might be related to us. Well, we don't know, Do-do-do. you know. So yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's still, it's fine. Just sometimes we like to have fun with the internal logic of the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's. I consider these well, people guess- like
0: FBI and name only. Like they're a lot closer yeah. to just CIA people that operate in America because they seem to have the same intelligence and guidelines and uh, operational well, uh, modes. If they, if, they
1: do something, if they do something wrong to a normal civilian, there will be consequences. If they do something to like these shadowy government people from other governments like it's okay because they're they're meant to hide that stuff
0: yeah it's all off the books i mean they didn't come in on a tourist visa and you know who they are (laughs) you know they're just they're here
1: uh the cowboy goes after jolene but tom knocks him out then we cut to a wrestler grabbing uh tanita and then we're talking about something about tanita's brother Ico. like we're cutting back to like the, the headquarters and they're like trying to put things together and, like, early on they learn about Iko and they assume he's alive and running things, but he's actually dead. And so I guess that means that, like, Bobby took over the Yakuza business or something. Yeah, which
0: is like, okay, this is dumb, but all right. Uh, um, which they don't follow up on that. That's just kind
1: of left out. No, there. because
0: they can't. Because, you know, guess what? They don't let, <laughs> like, um, uh, the Yakuza and crime in Japan, like, they don't just let anyone in the club. Okay? The <laughs> Japanese don't even want people immigrating to their country, let alone... Like I said, some beefy-faced Italian. It's like, I'm running the Golden Triangle now, boys. It's like, huh? Okay. What's he bringing to the table exactly? Like money? Intelligence? It's, you know.
1: Yeah, well, well, they do mention that, like, you know, Tanita was, like, the head of this Yakuza gang, and he went in jail, and, like, their profits went up, which I don't know how they would know that. But Yeah,
0: I was going to uh, say, if you know where their bank accounts are, you know where they are. But
1: <laughs> We have Tom and Jolene interrogating the cowboy... And then Jolene makes a call, and then Tom fights her.
0: And but the thing Uh, is, like, this is a great like Lance Reddick scene, because he he see Jolene's supposed to call not Audrey, yeah, (laughs) Jolene's supposed to call Liz and say, oh yeah, I don't want to my my fiance is not buying the house, we're moving or whatever, and the cowboy's sitting there in the chair is like, you know, and it's classic Lance Reddick, like, don't do that. Because when you hang up that phone, he's going to kill you, and then he's going to kill me. But it's only the way he can deliver that dialogue, which is like, oh, that's cool. And then it happens, and it's like, oh, okay, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. so, like, Tom starts to fight her. Lance Reddick, the cowboy, gets out of his cuffs for a little bit. He gets knocked out again. Tom, like, is fighting. He's, like, he's choking Jolene and then just kind of puts a bag over her face and she dies in like seconds.
0: Yeah, it's one of those movie t- TV chokes where Well, I thought like,
1: oh, she's just passed out because everybody in the scene is passed out at the moment. It's like, no, she's dead and he walks up to the cowboy and shoots him the head off with his head is off screen. Yeah, it was kind of
0: a waste of Lance Reddick, but okay, Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see more about the cowboy. I know. <laughs> Cuz we they you know him and Reddick always had this great dialogue. Cause he tells Red, Reddington, he's like, you know, that hat makes you look stupid. He's like, hey, you're you're telling me you're the one who's talking. Because <laughs> you know the cowboy hat and stuff, and it's like, yeah. yeah, I wanted to see more of that, but you know, yeah, like probably get him for two weeks. So
1: yeah, you know, Lance Reddick's a b- busy guy, so it's probably in between him doing uh, Fringe and then Bosch. Bosch, <laughs> Bosch
0: yeah. <laughs> he's the same guy in everything. This is the only thing where yeah. he's out of his comfort zone. Because in the wire, yeah. he was like what the deputy chief of detectives or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then we have B- Bobby and Wrestler riding with Tanita up to Wrestler's like secret hideaway that he was gonna bring Audrey. And then Bobby gets mad at Tanita, <laughs> gets mad at Tanita, and shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, and then he's, and then uh, Wrestler is wrestling with Bobby, and then the car crash, <laughs> and then Wrestler gives chase to Bobby because he just walked out somewhere in the middle of the snowy woods. And then the FBI figures out that, or Liz figures out, like, oh, they're probably going to that place, so they're kind of on the way. And then this is where a Wrestler confronts Bobby, and he f- basically finds out that, like, he he sold out the team for money. I'm like, how much do FBI agents make that they're going to be swayed by drug money?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I thought they were pretty well paid. They, like, I mean, I know I thought, you got uh, I don't know. Maybe not. It. I don't know, but.
1: Uh, but that's the theory of this episode. That's why you have that guy in money trouble. Is he like, oh, this is why the guy is swayed? It's because we paid the FBI nothing.
0: I guess you got to come up with a motivation other than it's like, no, I, was, I loved evil all my life. That's why I became an yeah. FBI agent, <laughs> that, which would be cool. Like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with evil and murder. But that wasn't the case.
1: No, there's, there wasn't enough time this episode to really follow anything.
0: No, this, it jumped around a lot.
1: Yeah, so Wrestler wants Bobby to commit suppuku super or get shot. Liz shows up and she talks Wrestler down. Wrestler just pops off some shots for fun. Yeah, but the way
0: they show it, it's kind of cool because they just have Wrestler in frame and his gun going off. It's like, oh, did he just snap and execute this guy? But then they kind of pan over and you see it's like right next to his head, but it's, yeah. they never hit him
1: so now he has hearing loss of course yeah now he's
0: like what you want me to do
1: what which I was, this is kind of like weird it's like because like the other fbi agents have guns on them they're like don't shoot him he fires the gun and they don't shoot him
0: yeah which is like contrary to everything that's happening with police and law enforcement in this country right now so they're, they're preemptively shooting they're they're just coming in wildly firing away but,
1: you know, it's it's very wrestler for him to just, you know, just throw off some rounds. <laughs> yeah.
0: He, you know, he likes to do that in the middle of New York City.
1: And then apparently Bobby is overcome with guilt and having to deal with the American justice system, and so he stabs himself in the gut.
0: Yeah, which is like, no, no Americans doing that. I'm sorry.
1: It's And then Tanita gets away, or they go back to the car, and he's broken out.
0: Yeah, after being shot twice in the chest and... <laughs> Maybe he had bullet fest. I don't know. We never see him again. Well, oh, we do. Well, we,
1: but we'll, like, we'll get to that. <laughs> wrestler goes through Aubrey's luggage and finds a pregnancy test that's positive. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot. Yeah, the just the cherry on top of darkness. I'm surprised they didn't have wrestler like looking to the sky and seeing him and his daughter and his girlfriend. It's like, oh, this is what could have been. <laughs> now I'm obsessed with evil. Then we cut to another scene where Tom is burying the cowboy and Jolie. Yeah, I wonder where this guy lives where you can go and like to dig two holes that deep and like nobody. (laughs) And because the the lights of the car are on too. It's like, do you know how long that takes in the winter (laughs) to dig a hole? Unless it's going to be just pure shallow grave stuff, but I don't know.
1: Unless he just like preemptively just had those uh, Just just holes
0: ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) Pre dug graves. That would detract attention if anyone's walking through the woods. If you wanted to keep someone off your land and you own a large plot of land and you know people are hunting or walking when they shouldn't be, yeah, just start living leaving pre-dug graves around. They'll. they'll...
1: And we, then we cut to the, the back. We're back at the ballet, and there's dancers are putting on a performance, and they're
0: talking about a rumor
1: about red. Red's yeah, because he's the only people.
0: one watching.
1: We also cut back to Tom and lit or. Uh, Tom is in the shower getting the blood off, and then Liz pops in. and's like, "How was your day?" And he's like hiding, like washing off the blood on like Liz's back. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, he's
0: just blood all over him. And... Oh, it was pretty good. Why are you taking a shower with the lights off? No, nah, no reason. <laughs> Come here, give me a hug.
1: Have you ever? I mean, I've I've heard people like give tale of night of dark showers and it being better somehow. Like I've never <laughs> never trust a bathroom that.
0: Yeah, I'm not into, like, falling and going headfirst into porcelain toilets. And, uh, it's nice with a candle. I've done that before. But, yeah. yeah I've, just, heard,
1: I've heard, like, dark showers, also dark showers plus a beer, a shower beer.
0: Yeah, just that, that's usually what gets you going in the morning. It's that Heineken sitting right on the shelf next to the shampoo. Uh, you're not in a bad place at all if that's uh, that's your routine. Uh. No, it's nice with a scented candle sometimes, it, it, but um, only when it's cold. If it's really cold outside, <laughs> taking a nice hot shower with a candle burning's nice, but that's about the limit of my feng shui. Red,
1: uh, Red watches the, the ballet, and uh, and also we cut to wrestler gain a box that he sent him and has to well, meet his head.
0: <laughs> yeah, but see, this is the weird thing. Like He's watching Swan Lake. They're playing the music. the 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 ballet dancers are doing the Swan Lake. And his eyes are, he's not crying like weeping, but his eyes are kind of moist, and he's just sitting there staring. Yeah,
1: yeah his eyes are more reflective because he's about, he's about to go, he's teary-eyed. Yeah. He's, not, he's, not, he's not crying tears, but his eyes are more reflective because he's more emotional.
0: And while Swan Lake is playing, this like wrestler gets his box, and it's like, this is from Mr. Reddington, and he opens it up. And, and while we're, the camera's going back and forth between him emoting about Swan Lake for w- reasons we don't know yet, ah, he opens a box and it's like, yeah, that is Tanita's head in a <laughs> box. Which is really like, see, that's what I like about how they write the Reddington character, because that's a thoughtful gift in a lot of ways. <laughs> because you can order those mealworms online and just put it in like a box full of soil out back and they'll bone it down. And then you can, like, you can, you can kiln fire that, glaze it, and put it right next to your bed. So it's there when you go to sleep and it's there when you wake up. (laughs) And it's always a reminder that you won, (laughs) which I guess is what Red's trying to say. I don't know. I don't know what you do with a human's head. Um, Never been in that situation, believe it or not. Uh, So
1: hey wrestler here's some evidence we'll see what you do with
0: it it's just it's just like jelly of the month club every day though it's, it's like yeah this is the guy who killed the woman i loved and there's his skull and i mean you can you can dip it in bronze and drink the liquids out of it i mean there's all kinds of things you can do with a skull especially with the jaw attached it's like yeah you can really like display that which would be mechanical
1: motors in it and (laughs) make yeah make the
0: jog put some leds from the eye sockets and just go into a blissful sleep (laughs) revenge has been (laughs) bet yep
1: i i have been satiated
0: is this how i think about it a little less every day red is by looking at this guy's (laughs) skull is this the part of the healing process (sighs) And then the last
1: thing we see is red is holding a ballet program from March 22, 1987.
0: Yeah. Which is Which like is before the fateful day ancient times.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was a fine episode, but it just, there was too was crammed with too much stuff. Yeah. It was, a,
0: there was a lot going on and there was a lot of cool things going on, but it would be like nicer to appreciate them more instead of like scene, scene, scene. I don't yeah. know why they did it that way. Uh, but that seems to be kind of a thread as this show goes on. is like they're just throwing stuff, cramming stuff into these episodes. And again, because I don't cheat and look ahead, I, I don't know, like, oh, is there a point to this? Like, you know, <laughs> what kind of interstitial information are we supposed to gather? But... I mean, it's one of those episodes that just feels like
1: two episodes got crammed together. Yeah. Like, this easily could have been just the the wrestler old teams getting taken care of episode and then wrestlers in the or reds in the background yeah we could have had the jolene tom the cowboy that could have been an episode unto itself and then really liz is kind of the the person that gets the 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 short end of the stick in this episode she's in it for like three scenes yeah it's like two sentences (laughs) but this was your wrestler episode so they kind of felt like we could have had a full wrestler episode but Anyways, for our second show. We have The Mentalist season two, episode sixteen, Code Red. Original date March eleventh, two thousand and ten. CBS Thursday. The leak of a dangerous virus in a bio research facility results in the death of a scientist, and Lisbon and Jane crash clash with a disease control officer when they decide to treat the death as a homicide. Showrunner Bruno Heller. This is also written by Bruno Heller and directed by John F. Showalter.
0: Yeah, this is a different episode because the murder victim calls Jane. (laughs) The victim isn't dead yet.
1: (laughs) Not yet. Uh, It's a biolab in Los Corados, California. Is that just a made-up place? Yeah. They shot it north of L.A., which I know all around California there is a bunch of just, like, secret scientist stuff going on. You know, there's a lot of— Oh, yeah. They call it the the gun belt where, like, basically all the military equipment's made and it's, like, along California somewhere.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of that. Anything involving, like, yeah, high technology and, and stuff like that. Um, well, that used to be Boeing moved to Chicago, so. But, yeah, this this sounds like something, like, yeah, I'm sure they do this here. I mean, you got to remember, California has a larger economy than the U.K., so it's like <laughs> there's a lot
1: of stuff going on there. And there's a lady, it's uh, Dr. Seabird, but we don't know that yet. But uh, she goes into the lab, and there's a missing capsule, and then she finds it on the ground, opened up, and then, oh, no, and then, like,
0: closes the door. and uh, Yeah, and she's walking through, like, airlocks to get in there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you yeah, know, a special eye scanner, which I was wondering if, like, was that there just to be cool or if it's going to be a plot point. It becomes a plot point.
0: <laughs> and also those eye scanners, I believe I have heard those were based on the uh, – the things that held the viruses in the, the Moonraker from the 70s. <laughs> I've heard that there was kind of a, like a little homage to, because that was about like the guy using bioweapons to kill everyone on the planet. Oh, uh, uh, well, they were in space. Because <laughs> that was the one where they played the, t- the tone to get into the library was, uh, was the thing from t- uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's how James Bond got into the secret bio lab and, yeah, but the, the devices that those were stored in looked a lot like those retinal scanners. Now, that's not a, a confirmed fact, but a lot of people, when I was looking up things about this episode, were like, yeah, that was for those are from Moonraker. It's like, oh, okay.
1: Let <laughs> we cut to CBI, and Jane is trying to cheer up Lisbon. She's probably under a lot of stress because last episode, Senator's daughter got killed.
0: Yeah, there's probably some, and she's trying not to drink desk whiskey, so she's <laughs> just not the same Lisbon.
1: And then Doctor Seberg calls Jane, and she says she's been murdered. <laughs> Not yet, but she will be. And so Jane and Lisbon helicopter into the lab. Uh, here, another character actor watch. We have Tom Corran as
0: Dean, the head of the what's like his the name, Cal Dean Park. Harkonnen, or oh, it's Dean Harkin. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> he's a Scottish actor, but he's in like a bunch of sci-fi shows. I think it's like might as might as well Do you remember that show, Defiance? Yes. So he was like the main, like, kind of gangster alien in like, that white makeup.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I've seen this guy on BBC stuff before, too. Yeah. yeah he's like, he was like, like an angry cop or something.
1: Yeah. Like, I would have swore, like, he would have been in Game of Thrones, but no, he hasn't been in. But he's definitely a guy that would be in Game of
0: Thrones. Yeah. I mean, he was, if he was available and they had a character, he looks the part. And of course, I immediately thought, like, is, is,
1: because they introduce him and kind of shove him away, I thought, like, oh, is he going to be. The one who killed them, but uh, he, he isn't because uh, I think he's also flown in. So he wouldn't, he really wouldn't be involved with the murder. But Jane is suspicious of him like pretty immediately. But,
0: well, I like how uh, Jane gets called from this doctor who says she's going to die soon from this te- very terrible virus. And they use, like, a CHP helicopter. Like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But he's, like, getting out of the helicopter, like,
1: Woo, that was amazing,
0: (laughs) you know? And it's like, you're in a bioweapons research facility where someone's going to die, and you're just like... (laughs) But that's just Jane being just wildly inappropriate. But it was kind of weird how he was acting.
1: I don't know. There's... uh... He he does probably one of the most inappropriate and cruel things he's ever done in the series. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, it's f- terrible. I mean, it's terrible. It, so. it even I was like, wait a minute, okay, this is like even for him, this is career-ending stuff. But
1: yeah, so Jane talks to Doctor Seberg while she stays in the room. Uh, we have Cliff, the husband, who seems calm. Yeah. I think there's some exchange with, like, because, like, Jane's kind of, like, all happy. It's like, oh, this is an interesting mystery why a woman's about to die. And I think, I think Lisbon says, like, yeah, if you're a jaded, ghoulish adventure seeker, like, this is fun.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course he is. So.
0: Yeah, he doesn't um, really. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jane observes that there's, like, th- three potential suspects. And so they're like, oh, no, he's observing them as they, like, fill out, like, uh, accident reports.
0: Because theoretically, there's only five people that can get into that lab.
1: Yeah, I have another character actor. Watch. We have J.C. McKenzie. He's like he's almost in a hundred things.
0: Okay. Uh, he's
1: kind of he's basically he looks like a B grade Alan Ruck. Okay. Like yeah. Friend, yeah. A friend, a yeah. friend from Ferris Bueller. Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's never like a main character, but he's like one of those, oh, that guy, he's a scientist. And then like Jane is trying to mess with the doctors, trying to shake a confession out of them. But we find out Dr. Sebring was having an affair with Dr. Kasim, yeah. uh, but apparently apparently, her and Cliff have an open marriage, and so it's not a problem.
0: Yeah, for me at this point in the story, because I really like, you know, the Dr. Seberg and her husband, it's like, now oh, they seem like kind of nice people. They're probably like way too smart for the rest of the world. And it it's yeah. like, oh, no, they're sickos. They're doing like weird, like, yeah, you can sleep with anyone and so can I. It's like, yeah, that always builds a strong marriage, okay. Um, so I figured it was like, oh, it's going to come back to them in some way. But, yeah. you know, it's just like, oh, they just make the characters like, a little less likable and weird to me. It's like, ooh, okay.
1: Uh, Which just doesn't help. The next thing we have, like, that tearful phone call with the daughter as Seaburg awkwardly dies.
0: Yeah, and she's like, don't cry. Don't waste your energy. You can be sad for two days because of my, like, suffocating death or whatever, however that stuff kills. Because they said, by the way, also, they're working at some bio lab and they're not, you know, Americans. This is like American law. They always say this stuff. Like, well, we're not developing bioweapons, we're developing cures for them. But this stuff is so lethal, they said, oh, if this gets out, like, every vertebrae in 60,000 miles will die, or something crazy like that. And it's like, whoa, these people should be wearing, like, spacesuits working with that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, the daughter in tears as Cliff stands by, and he just seems to be slightly shaken by his wife dying. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't look great for him. He should be more emotional, but, like, his whole thing, he's a... He's a really smart guy. Being emotional doesn't help anything, so he just doesn't use his emotions.
0: Yeah, this is the Vulcan which, way.
1: Which is probably why they have an open marriage. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this
0: leads to a lot of things, and
1: uh, we have Jane kind of butting heads with the the CDCA investigator, the Ca- California Disease Control Associate or something or Association.
0: Uh, yeah, it's and, it's more of these like fake California agencies where California has like the power of a country. It's yeah. like because if this really happened, like the FBI would be all over this, and you <laughs> Samrid and everyone else. But now here, it's like ah, it's our own state stuff. Well, there's some like
1: technical details where it's like it isn't. Ex- they don't actually know it's a murder yet. It's like she's the one that's claiming it's a murder. Yeah. Um. Because there's like ah, oh, this is just an accident. <laughs> uh But she's like, no, this can't be an accident. I'm being murdered. <laughs> murder. Um... <laughs> Most foul. <laughs> Uh, Cho and Rigsby go to like, I think it's like the California Institute of Technology, which I don't know if it's real or not, or if they're just making a play off of MIT. Um, yeah, Caltech's real. Yeah, Caltech is, but they they call this the.
0: Oh, I thought they ah, were maybe, going to
1: Caltech. Oh, ah, maybe they are. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. They talk with a professor. There's another character actor watch. Brian George. Yes. He's in almost 300 things. <laughs> Uh, most recently, he's like Ava Sorala's uh husband in the, in the expanse. Yep, <laughs> this guy, yeah, this is probably the the most prolific character actor we've had so
0: far. He's a it's British like, guy, he's been on a bunch of American TV, though, as a British guy,
1: and, and like did a bunch of Bollywood stuff too. It's oh, like, okay, it's like, he's, not, he's like a Jewish Indian,
0: <laughs> huh?
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah interesting yeah so like his first credits like in 1976 and then yeah he's and currently he's sitting on 299 credits i so mean he only has to do one more thing he's
0: in 300 he's in the club and i recognize him right away it's like yep that yeah. guy does a lot of voice work too so. oh okay
1: that, that gets your numbers up <laughs> and Rigsby get pointed at greta sky who's like an old colleague that that the um seaberg and cliff had some falling out with or at least were led to think that jane just kind of stumbles around the crime scene and talks with the daughter on the screen uh he, jane tries to console the daughter but it's kind of weird but then he eventually gets to a point that actually makes sense to her
0: yeah because he's like are you still sitting there you know and she's like well yeah my mom just you know was one of those and he's like you need to call a friend and tell him what's happened and start yeah. grieving because what you're doing now is just not you know because it's like oh you realize yeah jane is also the master of grief that's why he acts yeah. the way he does because he's been through it uh also jane bumbling around
1: looks into the, the the eye scanner and it opens up for him and so <laughs> they like oh that <laughs> there's a tech and there's like that shouldn't happen and like now the suspect pool opens up because anybody could have gotten in there
0: yeah i like how they run out of there too Because the doors start opening and he just Jane just takes off like oh okay I mean they're also in the middle
1: of like they have like some like radiation thing cleaning the room so like yeah okay so they go to question the security guy Jane blames him to see if he was like if like the guy would seem guilty but he was he wasn't he wasn't expecting to be guilty but then he starts to run away and they're like oops (laughs) and so yeah they have a he tries a have a car chase and running into cars and so they start interrogating him and this is where he gives up that like the security system has been working for months but he's not the killer he's just incompetent yeah
0: he's just like trying to keep the budget you know to a certain level
1: Then we have like dean the uh cdc guy talking about the virus case uh he seems to know a lot about all this stuff but i guess he's supposed to that's his job yeah they take the body out and cliff you know, cliff has more like He's a bit more emotional, but he's still like stilted. Yeah. But we cut to Cho and Rigsby, and they're talking to Greta, and she points at Lilith Nash, who's like on the, the research team. And But Jane doesn't think she's guilty. Um, because, <laughs> And then Lisbon's like, why? Because that wouldn't be an interesting enough mystery for you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jane, but they're supposed to, Lisbon's going to go get the Dean guy so they can interview him together. But then, you know, Jane just runs off and isolates nash from everybody and talks to her and he kind of like hypnotizes her to suggest she should she should escape and so she does
0: yeah because she the her backstory was she ultimately she wanted to have an affair with the doctor but he wasn't interested and so she got really jealous and protective and then she went to a mental institution in canada because (laughs) she got so violent and weird Uh, And then she changed her name and moved here and is working there again. It's like, yeah, this is great background checks on people (laughs) that are working with like dangerous human engineered bioweapons like this. We're not killing, you know, we're not stopping like cattle flu or something. It's like, yeah, boy, there's security. But, you know, once you find out the eye scanners don't work and they were just like, well, it's expensive to fix that. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe they wouldn't really do good background checks on their employees because they're trying to make money after all
1: we have a code red gets called they find in an, an open capsule. And then I wrote, wait, is this a Jane ruse? And of course it is. Yeah. This is one of the most cruelest ruses he's ever done. Yeah. Cause everyone's got like uh, 10
0: hours until they die now.
1: So, but this is like the, this is the, the already sterilized capsule. And he just kind of set it up to make it look like somebody uh, was, was intentionally killing them all with a new one. But so then they go to check the case and, as the guy opens it up, like Jane causes a distraction and takes one of the vials, this show, like, so that when they look back, it's like, Oh, there's a missing vial. We're all going to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jane uh, palms, a dangerous bio weapon into his pocket, which, you know, he doesn't know anything about, I <laughs> guess they say those things are hard to open though. So he wouldn't accidentally open it, I guess, but yeah, he's just walking around with it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so they announced to everybody there. it's like, yeah, I need to say goodbye to everybody. And they're like, what's going to happen. It's like, Well, well, yeah, we have about, like, so many hours before we're all going to die, and then the the Air Force is going to come in and firebomb the whole facility.
0: Which in real life, if it was something that bad, they wouldn't wait for you to die. they just come in and (laughs) firebomb, because they don't want people trying to escape.
1: So we have back, and, like, Lisbon's giving, like, goodbyes to Cho. And then Cho is just like... Yo, again, he's like, he's the perfect guy to confess these things to because he shows no emotion, but he he takes it seriously. But he she shows no emotion. He's like, understood, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and like, well, like yeah, because like, she talking. says
0: something like, "Tell my brothers that they need to stop fighting." Yeah. Uh, you know, he, she's like confessing family stuff, and uh, yeah, and Cho's like, "Okay, I got the message. I'll let them know." You know, it's just like classic Cho. Um, <laughs> and then like Lisbon's like. Asking like, so
1: you don't get anybody a call, and he's like, "Well, the only person I would call is you." So, but you're right here, and that's when he lets slip something like, "If we, if we were gonna die," and then Lisbon picks up on that, like, like a like a half a second later, wait, like, what do you mean, if we were gonna die? <laughs> and then Jane's like, "No, it's all ruse. Like, we're we're gonna solve this case. It's like, like in ten, in like ten seconds, Dean's gonna come around the corner and say somebody escaped, and that's gonna be the killer." And then, of course, it doesn't happen. It happens in, like, 30 seconds, so she punches him in the face. And then he comes around the corner. <laughs> and one of the one of the scientists escaped, and it is the guilty party, which is... Um, Welkes. Yeah. that And that's your B-grade Alan Ruck guy. Yeah. Griffin Wilks So then Jane hands the virus back to Dean and just kind
0: of runs away. Well, he, he has the virus, so Dean won't beat the shit out of him. He's like, oh, here, and here's the virus. You, you want this? <laughs> and he just runs away, and yeah. And we
1: find out, and this kind of, and this is like a letdown of the episode. is was like, so they interviewed Griffin, and he's just like, yeah, I've been selling the small portions of the virus to the black market, and that's just kind of it.
0: Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. This, now, see, this is where, like, everyone in the country from all the three-letter agencies would be, like, in that interrogation room. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're not going to Sam Quentin. You're going to be, you're going to a black site. <laughs> and you're probably not going to be able to see or hear ever again because of all the awful things we're going to do to you. Uh, and we're going to go kill all the people you've been selling this shit to. Because it turns out there is a treatment for this. Uh, but there, And there's a cure. But the reason the doctors don't take it regularly is because the side effects are horrible. That's why yeah. Welk's escaped because he'd been taking because he figured, well, I'm not going to die because I'm already immune to it. Yeah, I'm um, not going to
1: wait here to get firebombed. Yeah, because like, <laughs> you know? it
0: does make sense but it's yeah. also like yeah jane is like i'm never working with you again like this this doesn't uh, happen yeah it was it was an it's different episode i liked yeah. it but it was it was also yeah it seems like the the
1: bruno heller written episodes like go really big with a lot of stuff so yeah this
0: was like this would be like a national crisis or maybe it wouldn't i don't know maybe this stuff happens all the time we just don't know about it
1: but yeah, like Jane tricking people and tr- Jane tricking like hundreds of people into thinking they were going to die and having to sit and wrestle with it. That was like the, one of the most manipulative and cruel things he's ever done in the series.
0: Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but I, but at the end of the day, I enjoyed the episode. It was yeah. engaging and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is beyond quirky. Uh, and for our third show, we have
1: season two episode 16. Little Miss Dangerous.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: original air date january 31st 1986 nbc friday crockett and Tubb visit miami's kinky sex world parlor uh that's the name of the parlor sex world uh when a sailor shows up murdered the trail leads to a mysterious underage dancer tubbs tries to straighten out but is more than but is this more than a than social work uh and michael Mann, written by frank military directed by leon echazo interesting episode yeah it's um, totally different it's like a serial killer episode yeah we start with the strip club and, and music i think is the ted nugent song
0: playing there yeah, yes. ted
1: Nugent has a song called little miss dangerous so i believe that's playing uh, i guess played a lot in this i think it gets played several times in this episode
0: yeah basically whenever the main uh female guest character is on and performing one kind of thing or another it's uh she's on that song's playing a lot uh, yes, yeah,
1: so we have a girl in a studded collar stripping, and there's on a the fu- stage that's on fire. Uh, yeah, it's playing that song, and then, and then there's an SNM guy revealed. He's got like a cuff belt on. Yes. Uh, there's like there's like the the crowd isn't just like old young people that are horny. There's like a bunch of old people in there too. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be like this is you know it's one of those weird things. You know, it was like in yeah, in taxi driver where there's like they go to the like the the porno theater and like he's trying to say like no all kinds of people go here like, like no only creeps go here but like the the place that in in his head he thought that that's this crowd
0: yeah this is this is what he's really looking for
1: <laughs> this is the this is the crowd in travis Pickles head for that porno theater it's all walks of life this is just all art
0: yeah because what was um, the club called sex world yeah, sex world. Yeah. yeah, and it was all like it was very th- yeah the neon pastel of this was the episode really stood out. I mean, it had an interesting episode because it was basically like kind of low grade S and M, like what you can put on TV in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. But it was dancing on a stage with fire and smoke, and it you know it was like oh the, what are these guys paying to get in here five hundred bucks a ticket? I mean, this is like really <laughs> elaborate production. And then we have Kat,
1: the, the male stripper boyfriend who seems very supportive and has an open relationship with, with the, with the, I think it's, yeah, Jackie. And he's a, he's a very tragic character in this episode because he see like, he's like what this w- woman needed. Yeah. He's like a supportive and caring person, but she, she's like, she doesn't have, this, she can't, from her upbringing, she just doesn't have those emotions to, to, to uh, believe in that. So like even though he's, he's very devoted to her. Like, it, she, it doesn't mean anything to her. So yeah, but, yeah, she goes out and sleeps
0: with some sailor for money and then stabs him with a knife. But the way the scene is shot, it's like a knife comes into a hand, and there's stabbing going on. You don't see it, but it's implied. And it's like, oh, did that sailor kill that girl? You know, because you don't... Yeah. You know, It's not what you expect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because eventually they just cut to it, and you see, like, oh, the, tailor, the, the sailor is bloody and laying on top of her. And he's like, Oh, she killed him. It's like, ah, twist. Yeah. Email serial killer. <laughs> well, I guess you don't know that she's a serial killer yet. It's like, wait, why did that happen? And then cat comes in and he finds a dead, dead sailor. And I, I wrote, they start covering up the murder because she's like burning his pants. But I guess that's just part of her ritual or not necessarily like hiding the murder.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that, and then that, and the weird, like um, the real simple, like crayon drawings. Yeah. Of people being murdered, and I remember this year was the same year that like Manhunter came out. So I know Michael Mann was just the showrunner at this time, but yeah, it's like there seems to oh, yeah. be some oh, influence yeah. here.
1: Seemed, yeah, this seemed like a very Manhunter yeah episode. I and mean, we have Castillo has like a Vi- a meeting with all of Vice, and then they're talking about all the other murders that she committed. And it's like, all oh, right, we got a serial killers. So then, uh, yeah, the then Crayon Killer. Yeah. <laughs> So they got to crack down. So they're like that. There's like their reporters harassing the cops for info on the serial killer. But also you have like the cops like taking in like all the all the the, the sex workers out there uh, to one, take them off the street Two to try to get background on like which one of them is killing the Johns. Yeah. But they're not taking all of them in because like because Crockett's talking to one of them. But apparently they didn't, you know, they weren't picking up a customer at the time they were cracking down on everything because <laughs> even like she's like. Yeah, Crockett, you gotta like, you gotta gotta find this guy because like I gotta I gotta put food on the table.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. There's a, that kind of rough like, oh wow, these people's lives are really hopeless.
1: <laughs> and then T- Tubbs is talking with Jackie, and there's like basically no indication that she just killed the guy. It's like she just seems fine. And then she tells him she that she's stripping at the at sex world and try, but she's trying to get into acting. She also says she's nineteen. Yeah, you know, of course, Tubbs is like, "Yes, yeah, stripping doesn't lead to acting." Also, you're in Florida. There's not, there's not a lot of acting jobs here.
0: Yeah, this. Yeah, the, the route you're going down in South Florida does not lead to, you know, the, the, the stars of Hollywood. It's uh, leads another way. Well, I will say, like the actress in this, um, she does a good job of playing like this kind of vacant person that doesn't really seem to have a lot of emotions. Yeah. Which what you find out like is later is like oh yeah that's her personality that's like her thing is it, like she doesn't really have feelings this is why she's like oh I got to stab sailors to death and prostitution yeah, well, things and she's
1: also good at like acting innocent but that's also just like a ruse but she knows how to do it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's she's very convincing as like oh she's evil but not like threatening evil not like burning yeah. evil it's just like yeah she'll happily hack your head off but like. You know, she won't cry about it.
1: And then there's was scene where, like, where Kat and Jackie are back at their place, and Kat proposes getting married and getting out of town. Because, you know, the heat's on them. But then she's like,
0: no. <laughs> no, I'm not ready for that yet. I got other things I want to do. It's like, like kill more people? Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, and then Vice talked to the bag lady, who's a homeless woman who like collects metal and some other stuff. Great
0: scene with... Uh... Crockett in that, too.
1: She gives Crockett a picture that, that the the art piece that Jackie makes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have Tubbs. Tubbs sees Jackie, like, walking off with some guy across the street. And I, like, I don't know which way he's thinking this is... Because we know it's like, oh, that guy's in trouble. But he's thinking, like, oh, no, she's in trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tubbs so totally sees her as a victim. And he wants to be, like, he wants to save her. Yeah. Like he thinks there's something interesting about this girl, but he's not interested in her for, it's kind of implied. He thinks she's underage the whole time. Um, Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's like, it's actually like a strange, cause usually he's like the harder guy of the two or the less emotional, but he's like, really like, I got to help this girl. Of course she's responding to it. Like, well, it's, you know, let's go have dinner and sex. And he's like, no, 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 this isn't what I'm here for. (laughs) And yeah. So he sees them at the scene and takes off and then it's just the bag lady and 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 crockett
1: yeah so yeah we have we come back to the bag lady and crockett gives her some wine yeah and she's brushing her hair with a toilet brush.
0: yep and he like hugs her and stuff and she's like you're so handsome he says yeah i get that from all the lady you know he, it was a good scene though it seemed yeah. fun it's like yeah this is a crazy person here's a bottle of wine um have fun I I
1: would say she's like she a character actor watch but she did like 30 things so she's not exactly you know yeah she did Crockett. a good job in this yeah. but yeah. yeah and then she spots cat which is kind of funny cuz Crockett's like that's nothing like the guy you described yeah you said like a tall
0: blonde like european looking guy <laughs> cuz everything's from europe for her like movies she she makes all these references but and she's and she yeah then she's like that's him and he's like that's nothing like what you said <laughs> It was, so So we got Tubbs going up to see the girl with the guy, and then you got Cat following him, and then you got Crockett following him.
1: Yeah, then Cat takes a swing at Tubbs, and so he gets arrested and taken in. And Vice thinks Cat is the murderer, uh, and so they try to keep Jackie away from Cat. And we have a like a separate scene where some guys trying to pick up Jackie just from his car. Uh, she gets in the car with him. And then we cut back to Sex World where Crockett and Tubbs are waiting around to... Because uh, cat's uh, up there doing a show, and so they're waiting. They're just following him around to see if he kills anybody. And in the meantime, Jackie stabs and kills another guy, and then sets him on fire while he's in his car.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a weird scene. Because she just like lays <laughs> yeah, a book of matches on this guy, and
1: <laughs> yeah, makes an art piece, <laughs> sets him on fire, and then Zito and Switek find the flaming car, and they find another Jackie drawing, but they don't know. Um, but this, but then now they know that Cat didn't do it because Crockett and Tubbs were there the whole time while the guy was killed. So uh, Tubbs gives Jackie a ke- uh, key to their safe house, which is a crazy safe house with like an indoor pool and <laughs> just a huge place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, here's your safe house, like the million dollar mansion <laughs> in, in like one of the most expensive zip codes in the country. It's like, oh, OK, nice police safe house. And then yeah, Tub Tub
1: gets Jackie's sad foster kid story, where basically she was just passed around to different foster parents who were like trying to solve something in their lives, so, like by getting a kid, but it didn't mean anything to them, and she didn't solve their problems. So this is where she like basically developed her like self worthlessness. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what made, I don't know if it made her like I guess she's probably already you know a psychopath, but like this didn't help. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she seems like one of those... I was trying to figure out like what this character... Because yeah, she was just kind of an empty vessel. Because she even described herself as that. It's like people wanted me yeah. to be their dead daughter or their whatever. And I, I, it was also implied that, yeah, it didn't work out for that reason. And then there was other things, so I'm assuming sex was involved. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, well,
1: I mean, like she has sex with a guy, kills them, and sets things on fire. So those were somewhere in her background that all needs to happen again for reasons. We don't get that, but it's implied.
0: Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's like she did have a dark past, but, like, did it make her evil or what she... That's one of those nature versus nurture arguments you could just, you know, get wrapped around the axle with. But, uh, yeah, it was... uh, But that's who she is. And for some reason, Rico doesn't want to see it. But neither does... No one else sees it either, so...
1: I mean, only only Cat does. Yeah. Um, Like, he knows what she can do, but he wants to believe that she's just a good person in a dark place at the moment
0: yeah it's like yeah there's these bodies that can
1: all be put behind us <laughs> cat wakes up from a drunken stupor and tries to find jackie a lot of weird scenes just like walking in just like alleyways with just water strewn down the middle but like like the lights are shining in it and basically it makes it look like it's antifreeze is spilled all over the place yeah it's a
0: very strange yeah <laughs> very strange look
1: uh Tubbs gets flowers at his desk uh, then he goes away alone. Cat calls Crockett and says he'll give up the killer if they if they leave him and Jackie alone. And then yeah, we have the scene where he, Tubbs goes to the the house and like she's trying to like like kiss him and stuff, and he's like no no no. So like Jackie confuses Tubbs' kindness with whatever her fantasy is. Yeah, uh, yeah. she also just casually like like told Cat it's like yeah I'm leaving. He's like yeah, like I found somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> And then he's like, you know, like, you know no one's going to be help you like I can. And then Crockett goes to meet Cat, and he sneaks up on Crockett with a knife, which is, about, like, I think what like, makes his character good is, like, he's really not overly violent, so this is kind of, like, the most violent thing he, thing he does. Even though he doesn't stab him, but he's, like, holding him up and, like, made an ambush for him, so that isn't great. But, like, you know, he never hits Jackie, he never hits anybody else. Like, this is kind of, so he's he's a seems to be a kind person who's also in a very terrible situation yeah who's
0: yeah just a performer at an snm club <laughs> um he's a um, weird guy but not like dangerous weird you know yeah
1: which is like i think that's what they probably would have the standard version of this character would be like an abusive boyfriend character yeah but he's not that but then a patrol car comes by and he crockett kicks cat away and then he runs but the the, the, the beat cops are holding Crockett up.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he's just some guy in like a suit with a gun. It's like, <laughs> you don't know who that is in Florida.
1: And then Jackie drugs Tubbs because she says she doesn't want to be alone from the night. So Tubbs like, is like, yeah, I'll, I'll sleep on, I'll sleep here, but like, he can, we're not in the same place. And he's like, I'll take the couch. And she's like, no, nah, you can go to the bed. I'll take the couch. Uh, so she drugs him. Crockett breaks in on Cat and Jackie's place and sees all the drawings, and they match up with the crime scenes. Or the other drawings at the crime scene. And then we have Public Images, Public Images Limited. The Order of Death plays. And I was waiting cool.
0: to see, like, was that robot for hardware going to come out of the wall or something? What's going on? Because <laughs> see, that's what I associate that song with. But yeah, this, oh, okay. they were using this uh, a long time. I do not, totally did not remember this episode of Miami Vice. So, <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, it's a it's a fairly good one to forget. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of a lot of episodes this season where it's like i don't remember that one it's like yeah because it wasn't good this yeah. one's a pretty you know at least an interesting one that uh, you get to enjoy it again. oh i'll
0: remember it now like yeah it's, <laughs> now it's cool but
1: uh jackie uh cuffs tubs to the bed and takes his gun she like sets the bed on fire and strips and then like puts the gun to her head yeah uh and then we have crockett and cat like trying to break into the place and cat breaks the door down with his motorcycle
0: yeah he just like wheelies up the stairs and hits and cro. or yeah crockett has to jump out of the way and then <laughs> this motorcycle goes wheel first and like breaks the door out of its frame
1: uh and then crockett pops in to see the aftermath because uh, jackie shot herself in the head presumably we don't see it but that's presumably what happened you hear the you hear the gunshot crockett pops in he's like oh no and then it's just like freeze frame it's like i don't know maybe get the fire extinguisher <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah your put partner's
0: out, like cuffed to the bed and it's on fire and just kind of stand there for a beat like what's going on but even i might like... do that if i just walked in a room <laughs> and some lady blew her head off i'd be like huh okay let's put out the fire uh, now
1: yeah you know it's it's like why did she do that and it's like where she's like confusing tub's kindness and so she doesn't you know all things match for her to kill somebody except for he's kind and didn't sleep with her so she gets she doesn't want to hurt him so she has to kill herself yeah
0: she's a true psychopath then she doesn't (laughs) even value her own life it's like well this is how the ritual must work but she had (laughs) such an airy performance it's like that yeah that might actually be the answer it's just like she was a strange person throughout the whole episode, but not in a sinister way, but ultimately was very sinister. But
1: yeah I, thought, yeah, I thought she did a decent job. She didn't do a whole lot of acting after this. I guess she was also a pop singer, because like, her, her list of credits, she just has like one name. I can't remember what it is. It's, it's
0: Tony but, or something. Yeah. Fiona.
1: Fiona, yeah, that's it. But I don't know what like pop song she sang, but I
0: thought she was pretty decent. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... Compared to a lot of the women guest characters
0: they get in this show, she was like way up there. Yeah, I mean this is eighties TV, so it's like yeah, this was pretty good.
1: It's like Kyra Sedgwick, and then like her. Yeah. And then you have the other ones that are like way down here, where it's like we hired a we hired a seventeen year old to play a sex symbol. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh she can't act and this is weird.
0: Yeah, now I'm uncomfortable. Maybe back then it was cool because we didn't have the internet, we didn't know all this crap was going on. Yeah, I thought
1: yeah, I thought that was a pretty decent episode. Very, very Manhunter esque.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of. I as soon as I saw this, I went and looked up Michael Mann filmography. It's like, oh yeah, this was going on the same time as Manhunter was being filmed and released. So it's like, yeah, we're gonna have this. It makes sense.
1: I I know the trivia, but I don't know if it happens this season or something. There. Hannibal Lecter is like like a phone call in one of these episodes, yes. right? Yes.
0: yes. Okay. Hannibal Lecter play is a Miami is an, in the official Miami Vice canon <laughs> as a character,
1: but I don't know when that happens. I'm I, wondering I, this, well, the, this
0: show. Happen? This is kind of like the tipping point season for Miami Vice, where as if we as we go through the other seasons, it's it's like oh, this isn't. It's going to be a lot more of stuff like this and a lot less action fun. <laughs> um, cuz cause, cause it, it gets progressively darker as it goes on. I mean it just yeah. I mean there's been a lot of dark stuff this season, but it's kind of been like one episode like monster of the week darkness and yeah pr- it starts to make a turn here. Also this is the this is also the episode where uh it was interesting that I remember the public image song was being used as a, they do a lot more tar- dark techno becomes that dark 80s techno becomes a lot more part of the the Miami Vice lore after after this season than any other time. They go away from a lot of pop music and get into a lot more like, uh, you know, what, what I guess you call dark techno music of the 80s. Dark synth wave from yeah. Germans, Yeah, synth wave and stuff, stuff like that. So. Or I guess new wave or whatever, yeah. I think yeah. it was
1: called new wave. Now it's like they've been, all that 80s new wave has been like redissected and, and it's like, No, there's like 800 different categories. It's all New Wave. If it just has a synthesizer, that that doesn't mean it's New Wave. (laughs) Pretty much almost everything had a synthesizer back then.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was just music unlike, you know, it was just rock and roll music's identifiable from when it started to the present. This is just like, oh, this is a different kind of music. This is a new kind of music that came out of the 80s.
1: Well, also it was like another, like, it was like, you didn't have to be like a sex symbol to make new wave music. You just needed a synthesizer and a computer and you could like make it in your basement and then people would be like, Oh, that's cool. And then like kind of basically like, nerds and weird people kind can make money and get famous making music. Whereas like, you know, all the rock bands, even though like you know, you could be a talented rock band and like look weird, but still like the the top rock bands are still people like oh that's a good looking person that knows how to play music.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I remember like the song in this episode, like the public image, like that was one of the guys from the Sex Pistols. That yeah, like that that's, that's that became a a different thing. It was like a different, completely different genre of music, but also kind of the same messages. But yeah, it was it was cool to see you see Miami Vice darken like a like a cake in the oven over this season
1: <laughs> well if you like what you heard and how can it you you can find us at anchor.fm slash verhoven effect or go to Verhoveneffect.com. i'll bring you the same place uh there you can you can we have listener support where you can support this show at a monthly stipend of either 99 499 or 999 if if you so wish uh, whatever platform that you're listening to us on, you can rate us. You can rate us whatever you want. The only thing the algorithm listens to is whatever the highest rating is. So remember, you control the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't control you. you can also, find us at Twitter at Berghoven Effect, Facebook Berghoven Effect. Um, you can find us on YouTube at American Greed Factory. We can watch both this and that show live and unedited. You also have T-shirts at belowthecollar.com/greedfactory. So for The Vero Effect Podcast. This is Colin. This is Nathan. Goodbye, America.